sorry, I thought I could get a swig of beer in there before right, I spoke again. Okay. <laughs> I'll forgive you for that one, there you go. Need a cough button in, the, in this podcast or something. <laughs> he says, if it's all right with you and Derek, I would like to, 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 to come on the podcast. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake, I says, are you sure? He says, aye. He says, uh, he says, just about everything. He says, I'm totally buzzing in that. I'm totally buzzing. <laughs> like, and he's showed, showed me all the stuff that he's bought because he got his, his wee boy a ranger strip. He's bought Union Jack Bunton. He's got his inflatable shark. He's got his fucking, <laughs> uh, you know, the plastic Union Jack bowler hats. He's Aye. got them and he's going to do all his fucking hoosnivin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's misses all, all, all of that one. On that note, Dave needs to go to the toilet. For fuck's sake. <laughs> Come on, Derek, I've had two bottles of beer, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Give me two minutes. I can't never see this. Twirt. Ch- Charles Twirt. Sorry, I'll say that again. We've announced a partnership Partnership with... I can't even fucking say this. <laughs> We've announced that. In the stadium erupts in red, white and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of the iReady podcast. As ever, I'm your host Derek and with me is my co-host Dave. How are you doing Dave? I'm well Derek, how's yourself mate? Fantastic. I'm still on annual leave from work. Two great wins to, to talk about and I've cracked open a beer. No Pepsi Max for me tonight. Well, it's funny you should say that, but I've got a nice wee bottle of uh, Peroni sitting next to me as well, which is going down just nicely. So looking forward to it, Derek. You're a trendy fucker. <laughs> the only thing worse could have been if it was Moretti or something like that. No, that's a bit too expensive for me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> You know me, Derek, it, it was on offer. That's the only reason I've got it, because it was on offer. <laughs> so, yes, as I said, we've got two wins to talk about. The Dundee United game and just the other near heart stopping game against yes. Antwerp in the second leg, but uh, all good nonetheless. So, we may as well go down the tunnel and onto the park. <laughs> So the first game we've got to cover, as I said, was Sunday the 21st of February. It was a 4-1 win at home against Dundee United in the Premiership. Four changes from the first leg of the Royal Antwerp game. That included Tavernier and Roof, obviously, out injured in that game. Clive Tilsley back on comms as well. Yes. Uh, I mean, as, as much as Tom Miller's great, just uh, what what a difference in class <laughs> having Clive is, eh? I'm not going to slag off Tom, but as you say, I think just because of the stature of Clive, I think every single sports fan or, or football fan in Britain knows who he is. And it just, I don't know if it just makes it feel as if it's maybe a more global experience, shall we say. It was as if the game was on a sort of big, big stage with him commentating the games. It's, it's great. I do love uh, listening to Tom, but it's, it's great to, to get Clive's insight as well because the man has. Uh, commentated on some of the biggest matches you know over, over the last sort of 30 years so uh, it's, it's always great to hear them commentating on one of your games and he seems to have taken us all in the, into heart as well which is great. definitely yes yeah. definitely so, yep 
Yep, by the end of the game, though, we lined up McGregor, Balligan, Goldston, Hellander, Barisic, Jack, Davis, Aribo, Hadji, Ken, and Morelis. On the subs bench were McLaughlin, Simpson, Defoe, Itton, Kamara, Wright, Stewart, Arfield, and King. Now that's a bench and a half, Derek. That's yes. a bench and a half. I think we've been saying that all, all season. The the difference over the last few seasons, just the strength that we've had on uh, strength and depth that we've had on the bench as well. So, absolutely brilliant. Yep. So the first half overall, it was quite a frustrating first half, I felt, despite us being two goals in front come the, the 45 minute mark. Before the goals, McGregor made two or three top, yep. top saves to keep us at 0-0. United were carving our back line up a number of occasions. Uh, we were slow going forward, allowing United to regroup too easy. Again, a feature of what we've been doing. Aribo probably been our best player, uh, really agile, really tricky with the defenders and was also involved in our first goal. Yes, just like like what you said, Derek, I'll, I'll, I'll let you get into exactly what happened, but Dundee United were certainly trying, which, you know, maybe that's what was, was taking us by surprise. We're usually used to teams just coming and, you know, putting their whole sort of 10 men behind the ball, but uh, uh, but Dundee United certainly weren't they? They were They were definitely going out to try and score against us. Yep. Ninth minute it was good play by Dundee United on the edge of our box. Our defence stood watching it, ended in Shanklin going one v one with McGregor and McGregor making a great block and save. Seventeenth minute, United had a break into our box, passed to the left into the box, into space for the on running attacker. McGregor charges out and dives at the feet and manages to palm the ball away. Another dangerous attack yep. there. Twenty first minute, Aribo on the left gets to the edge of the box, cuts inside and has a curling shot, forcing a great save from the keeper and then cleared out for the corner by the defender. Twenty sixth minute, Jack picked up an injury. Kamara came on from he wasn't moving freely enough. No. Uh, and I think it's just been more of a precaution in the end than he had felt a wee tweak. It was best just to, to yes. take him off. We know what Jack's like. He needs to nurse yeah. his injuries. 29th minute, a good move by Dundee United, ending in their attacker controlling and then shooting the ball at the edge of the box, forcing McGregor into a great save. It maybe it was looked to be a bit more Hollywood than it really was, um, <laughs> but it was carving our defence open again, which yeah. is a disappointing thing to see. It certainly was, Derek. And at this stage of the game, you know, I'm not going to say we were toiling, but we really hadn't started at all. You know, 30 minutes into the game, Dundee United, but certainly attacking-wise, were the better team. And I was sitting saying, there's something's got got to change here. We're, we're going to have to do something, you know, to try and change this game. Yeah, well, we certainly done that because in the 35th minute, we went 1-0 up with Hadji scoring. Lots of possession down the right, got to the touchline, passed the rebo on the corner of the box. He shimmies with the ball, cuts inside, hits a goal-bound shot, a slight flick off the boot of Hadji and into the back of net through the keeper's legs. I'm not too sure how much Hadji knew about it, to be honest, but certainly it done enough to put the, the keeper off and into the back of the net. Yeah, I, I actually think it was great play by Aribo, as you say. He was having a shot towards goal, but I actually think that the goalie might have got his hand to it. So if it wasn't for that sort of wee touch by Hadji steering it past, you know, and scoring. So certainly against the run he played, Derek, but really wasn't, wasn't bothered at all because we were needing something at that stage to give us a bit of a kick. And that certainly was after that. So just delighted to be taking the lead, especially with the chances that United had had previous to that. Yep, and it only taken another two minutes because we went 2-0 up with Kent scoring. It was good play and possession ending in a good cross to the back post by Barisic, cleared by the defender but only to the edge of the box in the centre. Kent fires a shot on the volley which deflects off the, the defender and into the back of the net. I would have said it's an OG but the, the stats say it was a Kent goal so yep. I don't. as I said I don't care how they come as long as they get into the back of the net. 
Yep, definitely. And in, in my opinion, Derek, that was the you know the turning point, big time of the game, because you could tell that United's heads were right down because they knew that they were given it a good go, uh, and thankfully for us, you know that second goal, but excellent back by, by Rangers not to just sort of sit back after scoring that first goal. You know, you really go go for it and get that killer goal, especially at that time of the game. So absolutely delighted, and for Kent as well, Derek, who has been excellent ever since he was benched and then he came on against Antwerp. Maybe been the sort of kick up the bum that he was needing because you know he'd been quite quiet previous to that, but absolutely delighted for him and to get him back back on form at this time of the season could be, you know, crucial for us. Absolutely, I think he was injured though. He had picked up a wee knock for it when he did get benched uh-huh. for that for that game, but um, certainly it's, it's it's done him the world of good. Yeah, whatever definitely. whatever it's done. Yep. 42nd minute, the keeper, the Dundee United keeper with a double save from Morelos on the right-hand side of the box. Unlucky that there. A minute later on the 43rd minute, Davis with a long-range volley on the right side, but he shanked it wide. And on, right on the stroke of half-time on the 45th minute, a great cross-in from the right by Balogun, who was travelling at pace, right to Morelos at the back post. He headed the ball, but the keeper made a save, bounced on the line, and Morelos couldn't bundle over as the defender cleared. I think that Morelos could have done a wee bit better with his header there, because he, he almost directed it towards the keeper rather than yeah. directing that away from him but yep. at least he was getting in that in that exactly, position there yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and that would have totally killed the game yeah but regardless going 2-0 up at half time considering we weren't the best we had ever been as you said heads down from Dundee United demoralising yep. absolutely and we charged on Exactly. As, as I said before, Derek, the first 30 minutes, we really w- weren't offering anything. And United looked the more dangerous out of the two teams. But as I say, it's just incredible how one goal can change. And then, as I say, all credit to us for, for really going for it straight away. As soon as we scored, it paid off. And really, you know, there was no way that we, you know, we were going to get beat or even drop any points after that second goal went in. No, absolutely not. So only half time and it only taken us three minutes to completely wrap up the game and it was Joe Rebo with an absolute stunner. A throw in from the left hand side, picked up by Aribo who passes inside to Morelos, who passes back to him. Perhaps or maybe a heavy flick up. It was calmly collected though by back by Aribo, who gets to the edge of the box and hits a fantastic shot past the keeper. Just an all round stunning move, a stunning goal, a stunning execution. <laughs> Derek, it's just it's another one for this season for top goals. It was absolutely sensational, the goal by Aribo. By far our best player, uh, you know, in, in, in the game up to that point. And as you say, just his, his control, his awareness, and then, you know, just to be able to look up and he hits the absolute perfect shot past the keeper. Absolutely no chance. An absolute stunning goal, Derek. And, and, and like I say, it's going to be difficult at, at the end of the season with the amount of high quality incredible goals that we've scored this season you know that's that's right up there that's you know that's in the top 10 for me absolutely fantastic goal I mean, we're going to really struggle to pick the, the best goal of the season, to be honest because think, we've had some amazing goals this year Derek, there's one goal that stands out out of them all, you know, that's been scored already, which is going to be a sort of maybe once in a lifetime goal that we've seen for for Rangers, and that was you know away in Europe and Belgium. But uh, you know that aside, the amount of other incredible goals that that we've had this season, and I'm sure that we'll talk about it. You know, come come the end of the season, you know, we'll have a, a wee pod to to talk about some of the best goals. But that is uh, that's certainly up there anyway. It was tremendous. We're going to have about a hundred goals to review, can't we? <laughs> We struggle to get podcasts out as it is, Dave. Come on. <laughs> no, it was, it was fantastic. Brilliant goal. 
Yep. So that was the game absolutely wrapped up at that point. 52nd minute, a long-range shot from Morelos, but a comfortable save from the keeper. 58th minute, Barisic with a cross to the back post from the left. Morelos gets a header, but it went wide. Substitutions uh, on the 62nd minute, Hadji and Davis off, Arfield and right on. And then a minute later, we went 4-0 up with Morelos getting a goal. The ball knocked to Morelos at the halfway line, knocks the ball forward. He appeared to knock it too far, but he kept on running. He, the defender passed it to the keeper, who tries to kick it upfield, but hits Morelos on the shoulder and into the back of the net. Again, don't care how they go in, but that was just all down to Morelos. sheer tenacity yep. all the way through from the halfway line yep. to follow up to the keeper as well. Brilliant. Absolutely delighted for him, Derek, because, you know, strikers, they live off the goals. And although Alfredo's been tremendous for us, even when he's not been scoring, it was great for him. And as you say, it was just, it was all about the pressure that he was putting on. So, you know, a a lot of uh, haters out there will say that it was a fluke. But as you say, I'm going 100% for the fact he was charging it down. He was making sure he was going to get something on that. So that, to me, is as good as, you know, a tapping or anything like that. So absolutely delighted for him and you know that was the the route complete at that point well it certainly wasn't finished at that point because the three words that you like to hear penalty to Rangers happened on the 62nd minute, Morelos brought down in the box, Arfield had a fantastic shot from just outside the box and he smashed it off the bar but the referee had blown for the, the penalty nonetheless on the same minute, Hellander and Morelos came off. Defoe and Simpson came on, so Morelos wasn't even going to get a chance to to get another goal there. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, from from Gerard in that one there. And on the sixty seventh minute, the penalty was missed by Barisic. He hit it to the right. It was a good save from the keeper. The shot wasn't close enough to the corner. Um, no. it was just a poor penalty all round. I kind of think, and he had chose the the, the right hand side for the, the third penalty in a row as well. Me and you, I think we've had this discussion before. You know. Tav's not, not there to take penalties. Who, who would you entrust to take it? And I said straight away, who's the, the you know the guy that takes the free kicks? He's usually so accurate. He's crossing, he's passing, everything like that. So dead balls as well. So give it to Barisic. And I was really shocked. It was a shocking penalty by his standards, as you say, far too close to the centre of the goal. You know, it was just to, to the side of the centre. So, uh, as I say, it, it was an alright save by the goalkeeper. It wasn't outstanding. He made it ve- very easy for him and really quite dis- dis- disappointed. But, you know, there's more important penalties uh, coming up in the next game. So, we'll, uh, we'll forgive him for that one. Absolutely. And certainly for the two he scored in the previous <laughs> yes. game as well. Yep. 73rd minute, lovely move between Simpson, Wright and Aribo all the way down the left-hand side, just over hit by Wright to Aribo in the box and the move fizzled out. And on the 86th minute, United got a consolation goal. The attacker picked up the ball at the edge of the box on the right, cut inside to the middle and hit a trundle on it to the bottom left corner past McGregor. Really poor allowing him to do that and kind of yeah. poor from McGregor I felt as well. I I was quite surprised about it as well, Derek. Very sloppy as well, and something that you don't usually, you know, is when have have we ever? And you know, it's not happened a lot this season, especially in the league that we've conceded a goal. But usually we would put it down to bad defending. But as you say, I was quite uh, quite surprised with McGregor there uh, as well. So just sloppy all round and disappointing to you, you know to lose the one, considering you know we were four, four up at that point, but. As I say, these things happen and it's all about the three points, Derek, isn't it? 
Absolutely. And the last piece of play in the game was on the 90th minute with Barisic with a corner from the right. Goldson gets a bullet header to it, uh, but the keeper with an easy take, and that wrapped up the game. So, yep. absolutely delighted with that. It could have been a banana skin game, you know, yes. what Dundee United are like. They're certainly decent-ish this year. Had a good run of form as well at that point, um, but we, we overcame them with, with ease, bar the, the first 30 minutes, but we, we soaked everything up, and we, we have yeah. a great keeper at the back to negate anything that does yep. penetrate the defence. Yes, delighted with the three points, Derek. Like I said, that's the most important thing. But, you know, we saw an absolutely tremendous goal by Joe Aribo, which is definitely the high- highlight for me, Derek. And, you know, it keeps us keeps us going, you know. it's uh, it's That's all that matters at the moment. We keep saying one game at a time, and that's exactly what we've been doing. And another vital three points. Absolutely. And on that day later on, Celtic travelled to Ross County, and they amazingly lost. So yep. the eighteen-point gap was restored at that point. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. What, with, what a uh, weekend! It was fantastic, Derek. It's. Can I be honest with you? I was expecting something from that game because Ross County are sort of fighting for for their lives at this stage. So I didn't think that they would that there would be a victory at that stage. But the fact that uh, you know they got that was was tremendous. And again. It completely shuts down their narrative of either games in hand and stuff like that that they had that they could claw it back because uh, quite clearly they couldn't. So delighted to be that far in front again, Derek. And, uh, you know, it's getting closer, isn't it? Absolutely. Next game we've got to cover, and where do we start with this again, Dave? <laughs> Thursday the 25th of February, at home to Royal Antwerp in the Europa League last 32 second leg, where yep. we won 5-2 and we won 9-5 on aggregate. <laughs> That's just fucking madness, isn't it? <laughs> now, Derek, if, I, if you had said to me before this game, what do you think the score's going to be? I, said, I would have said to you, there's no way it's going to be as open as the last game. Surely the B will go out to not concede any goals and maybe try and nick one or two. So if you'd asked me, I'd have maybe said two two naughty Rangers at the end of the day. Hard fought game. There's no way I would have thought we would have had another absolute madness game, but I'll let you get into it. Yep. So it was a virtual watch along as well with Clive Tildesley and Jermaine Defoe. So fans could pay three ninety nine or five ninety nine. You got a different package depending on what you paid for. It was synced with uh, BT Sport as well. They're the official broadcasters of the Europa League. So for those that have got non official streams, shall we say, I don't think it really would have worked. Uh, so hence I never bought the thing. But it was an absolute great idea. More money in the club. Uh, it yep. seemed to have went well as well. A few people grumbling because it was tagged on to with my Jair's point as well but the quicker people get round to the fact that you buy shit with the club you get fucking incentives to buy it you know it's it's not just a you know or oh, give me this for free I'm a, a loyal fan but that's another story for another day we had one change from the Dundee United game as well we lined up McGregor, Balogun, Goldson, Hellander, Barisic, Davis, Aribo, Kamara, Kent, Hadji and Morelis now the subs bench drew a, a few surprises didn't it Dave? It with, certainly did yeah, with, it certainly did with the COVID-3, shall we say, McLaughlin, Wright, Bassey, Etten, Zungu, Patterson, Stewart, Simpson, Arfield and King. What was your first thoughts with seeing the bench, Dave? My first thoughts were that those three guys are exceptionally lucky. Now, me and you went into great detail in the last pod, Derek, so I'm not going to repeat myself, but those boys should be considering themselves extremely lucky and extremely privileged that Stephen Gerrard has 
entrusted them to come back into the team. There's a lot of people have said, oh, well, we should, you know, forgive them, they're young laddies and and stuff like that. But but me and you have have, have went over it. And, you know, at the end of the day, they were back in. If they were going to be playing for the club, we'll be cheering them on. Uh, But very, very lucky laddies, especially Patterson. (laughs) You know know what I mean? You know, we we thought was to come. So, uh, well, I think I'll leave it at that, Derek. I think one thing that, that did go in their favour as is before the game Patterson, Bassey and Zungu all released an apology video uh, individually on the Rangers media channels Patterson looked near in tears to be honest Bassey was nearly as, as, as bad as that all appeared remorseful Gerard was asked if this will dent Zungu's possible long term deal going through and he, it was a pretty much confirmation that it would and he, there's a good chance he's not going to get a, a long term deal now um, and then he ends up you know coming on, <laughs> on yeah. the bench so um strange one that we'll need to wait and see what happens certainly yeah. with Bassey and Patterson their assets and you know sometimes yes. it's you don't cut your nose off to spite your face I but... know as I say I'm not trying to be controversial you know it's uh, we did we spoke about it at length it's now it's finished now the two of them are back in the squad and uh, you know I think they should just basically count themselves as very 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 lucky guys Absolutely. you know to be given, given that chance again so yeah so on the third minute, good work in midfield, out to Rebo on the right, centre to Morelos, who was a great vision to play in Kent on the left at the edge of the box, who controls it, hits a shot, but it was a right trundler and it went wide. Seventh minute, uh, it was a switch from right to left, Kent with a scuffed shot, forcing the keeper into a dive and save and out for the corner. And in the eighth minute, we went 1-0 up with Morelos. Ball down the right, collected by the defender at the touchline, who passes forward to his teammate on the edge of the box. He tried to pass it back to the keeper with a really, really poor ball, the as ever alert Kent nips in to intercept the ball cuts it back to Morelos who was under pressure but shoots the ball into pretty much an empty net just great tenacity great vision uh, and great execution once again from the, the whole team yep absolutely brilliant Derek a fantastic start for the team as you say our press and play is tremendous again you know forcing the other teams into a mistake Kent's awareness, tremendous, and the finish by Alfredo Morelos. As you say, although it was an empty net, the boy was right on top of him. He kept his nerve, hit it first time, clinical, into the back of the net. Absolutely tremendous start. Brilliant. 16th minute, Hadji with a shot from distance. It was a trundler again, easy for the keeper. 25th minute, Morelos with a quick shot from distance, but well over the bar. He tried to take everyone by surprise of that. Um, Maybe needs some tips from Roof on that one there. 27th minute, lots of time and space ending in Hadji picking up the ball on the right, driving it into the box, having a blasted shot, forcing the keeper into a double-fisted save to beat the ball away and was eventually cleared for the throw-in. 29th minute, quick counter by Antwerp down the left, got the cross off, found the attacker in the box completely unmarked who had a volleyed shot put wide. It was really dangerous, poor marking yes. again, showing yep. they still posed a threat and we need to, we really needed another at that point to kill the tie-off properly. Derek, I was I've been very impressed with Antwerp as an attacking team. I think the uh, you know there was quite a, a, a few times they were you know really really impressed. A couple of really good uh, players up front, and I knew that it was still going to be quite a dodgy game for us if if, if we weren't at, at our best defensively. And as you say, that was uh, that was a real chance for them to score that one. 
Absolutely, yeah. And it was you, you seen it coming because, you know, they, they never gave up and they were coming more into the game at this point. And in the 31st minute, they drew level at one each. It was played down the left. Balligan turned inside and out. He got, the attacker got the cross off just off the ground. The attacker taps it into the back of the net with his outside his foot. Really simple. Again, poor yep. marking. It was. It was, uh, again, the previous chance you would have hoped that our, our defence had a sort of light livened up there. So I was quite d- disappointed. But the fact that, you know, that we, were, that we weren't getting beat at that point, Derek, it was still a draw. Uh, you know, I was hoping that would maybe give your players a wee kick up the backside just to say, look, this team could score against us because they're very good going forward. But disappointing to, uh, you, you know, you can see the goal quite late on in the half. Yep. Probably the last piece of play in the half on the 44th minute, Antwerp down the left beats Balogun into the box and hits a shot at the near post just wide. Again, really dangerous. And we were, you know, the, the tie should have been over when it when it went 1 uh, 0. And we've, yep. we contrived to, to for, allow them to come back into the game, which is really disappointing. So that was into half time. The first half was really a half of two halves. We really should have been two or three up in the first 20 minutes. The first 20, 25 minutes, we had a lot of time, we had a lot of space and possession. Yeah moving the ball about well yep. and it ultimately as I said in the post-match and maybe being a wee bit harsh on them but I don't think Antwerp were all that great it was just really poor defensively from us and I suppose you could ultimately say it was arguably the same poor defensively for, from them as well but I just felt that we've came up against better teams this season so far in Europe then we completely switched off from about the 30th minute onwards they started closing us down more. They were dangerous and had all the hallmarks of, of the, the, the week before where it was just a combination of poor marking and we made it so easy for them to cut through the defence, which is the, the, the frustrating thing considering we've been so solid in defence this year as well. It is, Derek. I'm, I'm not going to be too harsh because I thought their sort of front three were very good. I thought they had great understanding and great link-up play. The guy up front is Lamkel Z, who by all means, apparently, is a complete nutcase of a guy, but he, I was really impressed with him. I thought he was a, he looked a fantastic player. Every time he got the ball, he looked really, really dangerous. So I knew we were going to be up against it, but I agree with you 100%, because I think it got to about the 25th minute. You know, we were 1-0 up, and as you say, our players were getting the ball in midfield, and we were getting so much time on the ball, which we're not used to to get forward and, you know, disappointing that we didn't capitalise on that, Derek, because, you know, I think we had them at that point. And for, for them to keep, keep it to 1-0 and then get that goal near the end of the first half was, was really quite disappointing. Yeah. But anyway, it was still all in our hands. We just needed to be watch out, obviously, for the away goals uh, yeah. issue as well. And you, you don't want to you always need to rely on away goals because it's, it's nerve-wracking for well, a start. D- d- Derek, especially, I mean, up until Stephen Gerrard has came to Rangers, especially in Europe, how many times, especially at Ibrox, have we been knocked out of European competitions by away goals? I can, you know, there's so many times it's happened that I've watched us both playing in the Champions League and the, you know, the the, the UEFA Cup and now the Europa League. It's happened time and time again. So I never take anything for granted when watching Rangers. But I'm, I, you know, I, I think it's it's changed now that the whole culture touch with has changed under Stephen Gerrard now but we've seen that story so many times before haven't we 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, but into the second half, we made a substitution at halftime with Balogun off and Patterson on. Balogun did not appear to be moving freely, and it turned no. out he did actually pick up a knock. Combined with picking up a, a book in, it meant he was he's going to miss the last 16 anyway, and he was turned inside out a few times. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of obvious that that was the, the substitution to make. However, what an inspired <laughs> substitution that turned to be because of all the fucking people... 16 seconds into the second half, Nathan Patterson put us 2-1 up, and I fucking missed it because my stream uh, went down. Derek, Derek, it was a tremendous goal, so I'll give the laddie all the credit. What a fantastic goal it was for him. He scored his first goal for the club at that stage. With everything that's happened, you just and the tweet that I put out at the time was you just could not write that. I'll, I'll let you get into the goal, Derek, but it was fantastic. Straight from the kickoff, Davis digs, ends up digging the ball out from midfield and gets the ball to Morelos, who gets by his first man, then feeds a lovely forward ball to Patterson, who was running forward. He gets the ball at the edge of the box on the right, drives it in at the box and hits a shot across the keeper into the back of the net. Just a, a stunning move all round. <laughs> and you couldn't script that, could you? Derek, the whole thing, Alfredo Morelos, absolutely outstanding. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know how much I love the guy and I, I'm going to wax lyrical about him at, at, at the end of the game but his his all-round play especially in the second half was outstanding but as you say the ball from Morelos you know the, the the tenacity of him to get the ball and then an absolutely inch perfect through ball to Patterson running down now if that had been Tav that scored that goal Derek we would have been like oh that just shows you, you know Tav that's the type of player he is absolutely fantastic but for him, being his first goal for the club, for everything that had happened before, he'd done everything absolutely 100% perfectly, didn't he? The run, the control, the touch, and then that finish. It was like a seasoned striker that scored that goal. It was it was absolute textbook stuff for Patterson. So I give him all the credit for it. You could see how much it meant to him. And you, you, just, you, you could not have written that script, could you? You, you really couldn't. I mean, you're waxing lyrical about that goal, but on the 53rd minute, we scored an absolute, just <laughs> an absolute worldie. It doesn't matter who the opposition was. This is, you know, one of the best goals in Europe you'll ever see. A stunning move with quick passing starting from the right-hand oh. side at the back. It was passed forward, passed back, passed forward again. It was passed forward to Hadji, who cut inside at the halfway line, who dropped the shoulder beautifully, yep. and then fed a great Incredible. ball to Morelis, yep. who... Basically, I think he dropped his shoulder, hit it round the guy, he went the one way, the ball went the other, skips past his man into the box, cuts it back to Kent, who feeds it into the back of the net just for a first-time shot. Just an outrageous goal. As again, Derek, we're going about goals that we've scored. That move was phenomenal, wasn't it? It was absolutely phenomenal. That When it comes to, to, to European goals... Uh, you know, I keep going back to the goal that uh, Morello scored for the back heel from Candace. Remember, uh, was it last season or, 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 or uh, the yeah. season before? But this move from start to finish, the let's start with Hadji. The, the, the touch, first of all, as you say, the way that he turned and he completely lost his man with one touch of the ball. And the, the, the fed ball through to Morelos, and then you thought to yourself, what's going to happen here? Is Morelos just going to be direct and try and beat him? He didn't he just beat him, Derek. He absolutely humiliated the guy. He put the ball to the right-hand side and sprinted 
to the left-hand side round him, collects the ball, and as you say, instinctively, Ryan Kent, the run for Kent, you can see it. You, you, you can actually see it. As soon as Morelos retrieves the ball from himself from that pass, that dart, that sheer pace that, that Kent's got to make the diagonal run to, you know, the... The, the penalty spot and Morelos knew exactly where to pass the ball supreme accuracy and in the first time finish it was absolutely sensational Derek what a goal absolutely brilliant and so disappointed that fans never got to see that inside the stadium because that the place would have been absolutely bouncing yep however four minutes later we put ourselves on the back <laughs> foot again because Antwerp made it 3-2. The ball was dinked over our defence. McGregor charges out. Goldson taps the ball, goalwards to try and clear the ball. But the Antwerp player keeps on running and manages to collect the ball at the touchline and taps it into the empty net at a tight angle. Shocking defending again. And not that I've said it in the post-match, not that we've faced it that much this season, but a simple long ball over the top of Goldson, and that's what outdone him once again. And clearly, I think McGregor and Goldson, something happened with the communication there. I don't know, McGregor, if he charged out without shouting or, or what, but it was it was poor all around. I, I, I couldn't say it any better, Derek. It was very sloppy, very basic. I mean, I thought it was just going to be a simple clearance by... Goldson, but then you see complete miscommunication between the two of them, which we really don't see a lot of. So, you know, I'm, I'm thankful there. But as you say, a really sloppy goal to score. But again, that striker from, uh, you know, the, the, the striker that they had up front, is it, is it Lamb Kelsey? He's, his name is he, as I say, every time he got the ball, he looked dangerous. It was him that punished us again. But simple stuff that we could have avoided, Derek. Yep. 61st minute, Kent with a long-range effort well over the bar. 70th minute, Hadji off and Arfield on. 75th minute, Antwerp with a chance, but uh, my feed went down. Clear offside, going by the comments anyway. And then those three words once again, 77th minute, penalty to Rangers. Morelos was brought down by a lazy challenge. He did, in fairness, go down in stages because he looked as if he was trying to keep himself up. The usual suspects have tried to say that, you know, he, he dived, well, but what a lot of Definite contact, yeah. No, you can't say that, Derek, yeah. because there's a lot of people out there that will do everything they can to have a go at Alfredo Morelos. So one thing that we don't say he doesn't dive Derek because he's so greedy to try and score himself that he's desperate to get a shot away every time and there was definite you know the contact was there it was a definite penalty absolutely and on the 79th minute, we put the game beyond doubt because Barisic made it 4-2. He puts the ball to the right again, but this time it was high and um, yep. the keeper had no chance of getting it. So, um, all, credit, all, all credit to him, Derek. Stepped up after, after missing the one in the previous game you know, and, 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 and fired it in. So, yeah, really delighted for him. Yep. Substitutions on the 82nd minute. Davis and Kent on and the shithousery with Zungu coming on and Wright coming on. <laughs> 84th minute, Morelos off and Itton on, and then on the 91st minute, penalty to Rangers once again. Right on the right-hand side of the box, cuts inside between the two defenders and brought down with a clumsy yep. pullback. Another clear penalty, as you yep. like. I, I can't remember who it was, but they signalled to, I think it was Barisic, signalled for Itton to, to get it, which was yep. brilliant sportsmanship and, and great kind of leadership as well, just to give him a wee bit of confidence as yes. well. He said that himself, Derek, after the game when he was interviewed. It was all about getting confidence back to our striker. So, uh, you know, he gave the responsibility of the penalty to him. 
Yep. On the 92nd minute, we went 5-2, went it and sends the ball down the middle. The keeper got his legs to it, but it was too powerful a shot to deflect it away from goal. So, um, brilliant there. Full <coughs> time through to the last 16, 9-5 on aggregate. Just incredible. Totally mental game again, Derek. Not quite as mental as the first game, but we certainly could have made it a lot easier for, for ourselves. But I keep saying it, I was impressed with them. Going forward, Derek, uh, you know, we've we've been slagged off, especially by that uh, fans of that shiver o- over there to say that, you know, that they, they, they weren't a great team and for us to ship five goals against them is, is, is worrying. But I think we know what we did wrong and wh- where we went wrong as well. Uh, hopefully that can be ironed out, you know, for the, the next game, you, you know, that we've got coming up in Europe but we're through Derek that's all that matters and we've scored some incredible goals as well and again I keep saying it for for these games not to have any fans in front of them is an absolute travesty isn't it because yeah. these are games that will be remembered for years and years and years and after that game Derek Stephen Gerrard setting a, a new European record is that correct? I think it is, yeah, he beat Walter Smith's record and his yep. comments after the game as well that he, he shouldn't be mentioned Total in the class. same sentence yep. Yeah, yep. as Walter Smith, just brilliant there. He, he knows what it's all about to, yeah. to be a Ranger and that's yep. it's fantastic. I mean, you, class, still, yep. you still have to pinch yourself. We've got Stephen Gerrard <laughs> as a manager, don't you? Incredible. I mean, Derek, as I say, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll go over this at, 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 at the end of the season, but the transformation in the team over, over the last two, two and a half seasons has been quite incredible. Especially in in Europe, it's you know we're, we're a completely diff- different team when when we play in Europe. And I think I, I don't care what anybody says. I think anybody that that draws us in Europe now knows that they're going to have a hell of a fight in their hands, which is absolutely fantastic to see. Yep, absolutely. We'll get into who we got in a minute, but just to, to round out the game there during the Antwerp game, Morelos stopped the play when we were in yeah. possession and yep. burned down on goal. He had a good chance to go for the goal. However, the Antwerp player was injured and he stopped the Morelos stopped the play. Morelos, that was incredible from Morelos. Frustrating as well, mind you, because he's he's normally goal hungry like you, you've said before. Um, but getting praise from all corners from that, including <laughs> Romelu Lukaku, whose brother was playing for Antwerp. Yeah. So how uh, I was speaking about this to a good friend Ewan at work and he said something about how hilarious would it be, especially Scottish football, if he was to be awarded the FIFA Fair Play or, or, <laughs> or, 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 or the, the UEFA Fair Play Award for this season. That would be the ultimate slap in the face to all the rest of the haters in Scottish football. That would honestly, it would be absolutely brilliant if that happened. But as you say, f- fair play to him. He saw the guy was w- w- was injured and went down and he could have had a pop himself. So it shows you, Derek, the guy is maturing. He's certainly not the player that he was before. Uh, I absolutely love him. You know that. I can't, you know, it's e- even with the, the, the negative thing that come about him, I would hate him not to be in our team and uh, you know just another thing just to show and the, the, the fact that he's creating as many goals as he's scoring now for, for, for the rest of the team just shows you how valuable he is to us yeah, but we're not finished with the Morelos news there because in the, the nine goals we scored against Antwerp, an incredible eight of them were involved in Morelos as well. Um, not as deadly as he's been in the league previously, but he's been outstanding in Europe. Arguably, Derek, a better player now than he has been, without a shadow of a doubt. As you say, it's that he has all round play up front is just f- phenomenal. He's just been 
tremendous for us. He had that patch this season, you know, where he was out, out of form and there was the transfer rumours and he was, you know, left out of the team for, for a couple of games, but it showed you what's happened to him. I think maybe the birthdays wee girl maybe settled down. He's back to, to loving life, loving playing football. He's going to get a winner's medal, Derek, and here's hoping we're going to get much further in Europe as well. So it's just, it, it's great just now. He's absolutely flying and I, for one, I'm just absolutely delighted that we've got him in our team. Just love the guy. Well, we're still not finished there because he also gave his first English interview after the yes. game as well. Oh, tremendous! Yep. He basically said the, four, the same thing about four times, but you know, <laughs> utterly brilliant the fact that you know an English interview. So long may it continue. Definitely, Derek. Absolutely. Certainly sounds a lot different to what I thought it was going to sound right enough. But as you say, it shows you the commitment that, that he's got to, to learning English. And he, he certainly he certainly looks happy, you know, in all his Instagram photos that he's put, putting up and stuff. And he's certainly, in, in, in my opinion, the, the best striker that we've had on our team for decades now. You know, since the likes of Jelovic and that, he's, he's the best striker that we've had, hands down. Yeah. So in the league, we've played 30-126, drawn four, still not lost any, scored 73, still only conceded nine goals, goal difference plus 64, and we're on 82 points. 15 ahead of Celtic, but we've got a game in hand and we've got a 22 better goal difference. So fantastic in the league there. Another two victories and we can wrap it up (laughs) at uh, the Gyrodome, or sorry, Sharkhead, as it's now dubbed. Exactly, yep. It's quite incredible, Derek. I keep telling myself to calm down Stop talking about it. Uh, you know, all I'm seeing constantly is the chance to buy flags and t-shirts and everything. I'm not going to do it until it's actually done. But I am. I'm living in dreamland now. It's going to happen, Derek. How sweet it would be if it did happen at their stadium with everything that's happened, everything that we've been through. It's. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be glorious, Derek. But as I say, I'm. I'm trying to keep myself my my, my feet on the ground at the moment. Yeah, it's it's difficult, but we're just it's, it's strange because it's it's been a slow build. We know it's coming, uh, and yes. it's not like a, a last minute you I know. Know, helicopter Sunday type thing. It's just exactly. we've known yep. really, really since the the New Year game that yeah. it's coming. So. Yep, I know. But anyway, the games to come is the next one is Wednesday the third of March. So that'll be tonight. Uh, it's away to Livingston in the Premiership. That's an eighteen hundred kickoff. Don't get that wrong. That's going to be a tough game. I think they'll be hurting after getting getting beat in the the League Cup final. Certainly the informed team. Arguably, if it's not going to be Gerard, it's going to be Martin Dale as the the manager of the year. We've just got to be wary about that. There. See, to be honest with you, Dave, I, I see us dropping points, but I also see the Celtic dropping points as well. No, I've, uh, I'm quite confident, Derek. It's not going to be a route, but I can see us. I think we'll win the game. You know, maybe by a goal, two two goals. Uh, you, you know, it's it's a ground that has caused us problems in the past, but I think this has been a season of us getting over these hoodoos, Derek, and I can see us going and winning. I'm, I'm feeling quite confident at the moment. After that, it's Saturday the 6th of March at home to St Myrna in the Premiership. That's a three o'clock kickoff. Then it's the last 16 draw. We got Slavia Prague. Uh, it's on Thursday the 11th of March away to Slavia Prague in the last 16 leg one. That's a 17.55 kickoff. No game and the weekend in between, and then it's the Thursday, the 18th of March, at home to Slavia Prague, second leg, that's an 8 o'clock kickoff, and then Sunday the 21st of March, away to Celtic in the Premiership, yep. that's a midday kickoff. so what month we've got, really? Exactly, Derek. Again, we, just, we keep saying it, we didn't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, 
we go one game at a time like we did in January. That's exactly what we did. We said that if we could win our next sort of five games, that was going to get us well on the way. And these, you know, the, the next uh, sort of five games that we've got are, are massive for the club, both domestically and in Europe. So, you know, let's do it. Let's go as professional as we can. No slip-ups in defence. Keep everything as professional as possible. Concentration at 100%. And I would take a 1-0 victory in every single one of the games. Derek, <laughs> I'm no bother on how flash it is. But let's just go out and get each of the three points for each of the games. I mean, we've not really talked about the Slavia Prague and the draw. I mean, certainly it's a better draw than we could have got, you know, certainly with some of the teams in there. Uh, it's not going to be the easiest of games. I mean, they're on a, a massive run. I think they've only been beat a couple of times as well yeah. this season. Mm-hmm. They've, they've yeah. on a, a great run. They put out Leicester in the last round, did they not? They did, Derek. And I went on, social media is a great thing. Uh, I, I went on a few of the sort of Leicester fan pages after the game just to sort of see the reaction of the Leicester fans who didn't particularly seem that fussed that they were knocked out of the Europa League. I think the the English teams that are at the top of the table really don't see it, you know, up, up, up at that end, don't see that as being a priority. They're desperate to get their Champions League spots in, in, in the Premier League. And going by them, it wasn't a great... Uh, Leicester performance and there was a few uh, sort of second string players in, in the game as well so you know maybe not looking into that too too much a great result for, for Slavia Prague you know if that was us and we'd have put out Leicester would have been absolutely delighted so it's going to be tough Derek as you say they are a team that are bang on form just now but we've beaten bigger better teams than that already Derek haven't we so let's go, go into it with the focus that we've had on all our, our European games this season go out go, go for it in the way that the team's playing at the moment you know I can certainly see us scoring so here's hoping that it's uh, it's all positive and you know we, we, we can get the results that we're looking for yeah. I mean, the two things that came out of the, the European exploits this year, especially over the last couple of days, is the arrogance of the English supporters. Yeah. Um, no, you know, just treating it, especially in talk sport as well. Derek, it's no the now. That's something that I've been witnessing personally for, for, for 30-odd years. I can oh, remember course, when... we know that. I, yeah, I, I can remember what it was like when we, you know, we got Leeds United in, 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 in the Champions League qualifier. Leeds United, all the media... The newspapers, everybody, you know, were actually saying that that was leads through to the first ever Champions League group stages. You know, they were actually saying that that was them, you know, through. There was like, it was a, a formality. So I know exactly how, how it is, but you've only got to look back, uh, you know, the times that Scottish teams have been drawn against English teams. It's always been extremely close. And, you know, the Scottish teams have got a good record against English teams, but... Uh, as you say, it's incredibly arrogant when it comes to, to, to Scottish football and English football, you know, so it's 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 one of these things. But it's the, the other thing as well about oh, folk were just looking at, well, you shipped five goals against a team that weren't that great. Well, well we scored nine and they just completely discounted that. Ah, and it's a know. case of, well, did you actually watch the game? Because it was two teams that were very open. Do you think if we were playing defensively and not going for it, we would have let, we conceded five goals? Very doubtful. We certainly wouldn't have scored nine goals, but we wouldn't have conceded five goals. So it's you can't just say, oh, you conceded five goals and then completely discount the fact that we scored nine. So there's going to be a lot of red faces out there. I mean, we had been a bit um, blasé about things, of I know, course. I you know, know. We're, 
we're jovial now about yep. it, but we're, we're realists. We, we know our position. We know where we've came from. We know what we're doing. We're punching well above our weight in Europe the last couple of years since Gerard's taken over, but we've been fantastic and we're there on merit. We've not done it on 1-0 wins and, and goal difference wins like, like it was in 2008. Exactly, yep. Th- that was still an achievement. Don't take that away from the team because it's still, in the rules, you've still got to do it that way. But this season is completely different. We're doing it with style. We're doing it with flair. And we're cuffing big teams. We're outplaying yep. big teams. Exactly. So yep. that's the difference. But we'll see see how it goes anyway. Yep, yep, definitely. So on that note, we'll go into the classic match. And there it is. The final whistle's gone. Rangers have won the European Cup winners' cup. So Dave, you're going back to 2008 and a, a victory against them, aren't you? Yes, Derek, I've been covering this sort of period in time over the last few few weeks, considering it was sort of the last time that we were, you know, very successful as a team, apart from this season in the league. And I'm going back to the 31st of August 2008, so the start of 2008-2009 season, or near the start when we played Celtic at Celtic Park and the Rangers team on that day, Alan McGregor, Kurt Broadfoot, David Weir, Majid Bagheera, Sasa Papach into midfield, Stephen Davis, Pedro Mendes, Kevin Thompson and Charlie Adam and up front Miller and a surprise recall for Daniel Kuzan who, uh, if you can remember back at that stage, Derek looked as if he'd played his last game for Rangers, he had a big uh, move to Fulham. Uh, sort of cancelled at the last minute and you know we all thought that he was definitely away, he'd taken a bit of a strop I think at the time and but a surprise inclusion from Walter Smith to play him in this game, I think he knew that if he, he had a good game especially with the game being you know nationally or you know all, all, all over Europe on the TV you know that he would maybe try and have something to prove and he was right, the substitutes for Rangers that day, Alexander Edu, Daly, Lafferty Niguez and McMillan the Celtic team that day Boric, Hinkle, Caldwell, McManus Wilson, Nakamura, Hartley, Brown McGeady, Maloney and Samaras so Rangers setting up with a surprising 4-4-2 formation in this game Walter Smith had been playing this sort of one main striker heavy in the midfield in the defence up until this point but going with Kuzan and Miller up front you know to try and put and it's certainly Rangers uh, were really out uh, attacking Celtic, uh, you know, and in the, the third minute, uh, first uh, a real chance for Rangers and a fantastic play by Charlie Adam on the left-hand side, gets to the byline, nutmegs his man, drills his shot in low, it's blocked, it comes back to Kuzan, who blasts his shot at goal, it's blocked by the defender again, and they manage to clear it, so clear intentions for Rangers, re- really going for it, and Kuzan, his physical presence in the first uh, 10 minutes, was causing Celtic all sorts of problems, especially uh, Mark Wilson at the back, he, he couldn't get to grips with him at all, the 8th minute though, Kevin Thompson showing his presence with an early booking, with a siding tackle on Nakamura, really sort of showing him that he was there, which Kevin Thompson was famous for doing for, for, for Rangers, breaking up the play. And sort of first 20 minutes that the both teams were sort of cancelling each other out, 
Rangers really going for it. Celtic managing to cope with us defensively and, and not having anything from it. Then in the 30th minute, Rangers won a corner. Steve Davis to the back post and then a volley by Daniel Kuzan. It was an inch-perfect corner from Davis. Nobody had picked up Kuzan at the back post and, you know, it was a real chance, but he blasted it over the bar. But seven minutes later, Rangers broke the deadlock. Kuzan up against Wilson. He's away. It's Kuzan, and he scored! Daniel Kuzan, a surprise starter, seizes the moment. This is sheer brilliance from Kuzan. Get the ball to him and he'll run. He'll take on defenders. And look how cool he is when he gets himself into the position. But many a striker would get his head up and think, right, I've done my job, I'm going to lay it back. But no intention of that. Celtic trying to play the ball out from the back for about two minutes of the game. They're passing it back and forward between their defenders. They couldn't get the ball into midfield. So they played it back to Boric, who just thumps it downfield just to the the halfway line. Pedro Mendes, the ball bounces and Mendes hits a sort of volleyed pass. First time to Daniel Kuzan, just inside the Celtic half on the right-hand side. He's got Mark Wilson alongside him and he basically just breezes past him, keeps the ball down to the ground, runs into the box, into the, the corner of the box, a tight angle, blasts the ball past Boric to make it 1-0 to Rangers. A fantastic goal by Kuzan, powerful, fast and a fantastic finish by him. So Rangers, quite rightly, take the lead because they were the better team. But only two minutes later, some sloppy, shocking defence by uh, the defending by Rangers in midfield and in defence, which led to Celtic getting an equaliser out of absolutely nothing. Celtic respond straight away. Pedro Mendes, first of all, loses the ball in midfield. The ball gets played out onto the left wing and the ball gets played in and it was just to be a simple clearance by Papach and unlike him, it completely fluffs his clearance. It skiffs off him and there's Samaras just inside the, the six-yard box just to sort of pass it in, into the net. Really, really poor, poor defending by Rangers. Up until that point, Rangers were, were the only team in it, but shocking defending. So that was in the 39th minute. The game had sort of died out after that and they went in at 1-1 at half time. So half time, I think Walter Smith must have really went right through the Rangers team because they came out and, you know, really looked like a, they were really going to go for it. And they started the second half on the front foot. Pedro Mendes getting more time in the ball in midfield, spraying the passes about for left to right. Daniel Kuzan still the focal point of our attack. But Celtic got a great chance just a few minutes after that. Again, out of absolutely nothing, Sean Maloney managed to get space in the box, fired his shot, but just wide. But only three. Three minutes later in Rangers, retook the lead. It's Kenny Miller now! How predictable was that? It just had to happen! It takes a long time this ball to get to him. Kuzak again, initially very good play. It's a lovely ball over. Miller's online, he's not offside. And he can only go one place. It's all about how he does it. Thompson floats over. And he gets it down into the ground, back across Boritz. That's just a fabulous finish. The ball was played to Daniel Kuzan just inside the box. 
he was bundled down, looked to be a penalty to me, but the ref allowed the, the play to continue. The ball then falls for Kevin Thompson, who was just on the left-hand side, just outside the box. He dinks a fantastic ball to the back post area, and there's Kenny Miller volleying the ball past Boric to make it 2-1. This was the Kenny Miller that we were all wanting, instinctive scoring. That was what Kenny Miller was best at, you know, when he, he didn't have time to think, and that was exactly it. All happened very quickly, and a phenomenal volley to make it 2-1 to Rangers and then you know only a few minutes after that again we really put the game to bed Davis fools everyone by picking out Pedro Mendes that is just brilliant fabulous it's just sensational he comes across it from fully 25 yards such a difficult technique to master this one Boy, does he catch that one sweetly. 62nd minute, Steve Davis with a corner on the left-hand side. He sees Pedro Mendes outside the box, completely unmarked, and he plays the ball across the deck to Mendes on the edge of the box, and he strikes it. What a goal. Absolutely thunders it past Boric. No chance. The pace, the power, the accuracy, absolutely top draw there from Pedro Mendes fantastic goal to put Rangers 3-1 ahead. That was the game. Rangers well, well on top at this stage. Celtic had absolutely nothing. But then on the 75th minute controversy, Daniel Kuzan receiving his second yellow card after a challenge on McManus. He was sent off. So Rangers down to 10 men, but we were comfortable at this stage. So Celtic were really offering nothing. But just a minute later... Jan Venegury Hesselhink, who'd only been on the park for three minutes, got a red card off the ball incident with Kurt Broadfoot. He kicked him off the ball. Referee saw it. Straight red card. So both teams down to 10 men within the space of a minute. And like I said, Jan Venegury Hesselhink had only been on the pitch for three minutes. So still 3-1 at this stage. Substitution for Rangers. Charlie Adam off. Nacho Novo on. And then on the 79th minute, Rangers really did rub salt in the wounds because we scored another goal Broadfoot now and it's spilled, Kenny Miller must score, Boric with an incredible howler and Miller has struck again, happy days are here again for Rangers Broadfoot as ever, happy to go down that right hand side and he whips a good ball in Boric, what is he thinking about he must just take his eye off the ball. He's casual there at the front post area. It comes in. And look at this. How easy does it get for Kenny Miller? Two goals in a game that we never knew what to expect from the Scotland striker. Cut Broadfoot, who'd got the ball on the right wing. He sprinted down the right wing. He fired in a low cross right in front of Boric. Boric which looked as if he was going to have an easy catch, spills the ball straight to Kenny Miller. He controls it and just taps the ball into the net to make it 4-1. Absolute howler by Boric, which was fantastic. And given Rangers their fourth goal, two goals for Kenny Miller, the game was, you know, put put to bed at that stage. But we could have went on and scored more after that. But Celtic did have a chance, the 83rd minute. Wilson, with a shot, was going into the top corner, but a great save by Alan McGregor. And then Kenny Miller should have had his hat trick 
classic with a minute to go, the 89th minute. Nacho Novo receives the ball. Two defenders go to Novo. He puts a wee flick pass out to Kenny Miller on the left-hand side. He's inside the box, completely unmarked. He has time in the ball, and as we all know, Derek, Kenny Miller with time on his hands isn't he, isn't he great because he just hit the ball, fluffed it straight at Boric. If that had been, uh, you know, if he did no time to think about that, he would have burst the net wet, but he had t- too much time in his hand, put it straight to him. And then on the 90th minute, another chance for Rangers to score. Steve Davis beats the offside trap into the box, but fires just past the post. Really un- unlucky by that point. Then into stoppage time, Celtic got a consolation goal. Nakamura! found the bottom corner adding to his free kick collection Celtic may have had the last word in this game but Rangers having the last laugh Nakamura with a free kick at the edge of the box sends it past McGregor for Celtic to score our second goal but it didn't matter the game was, was put to bed at that stage and another fantastic and memorable victory at Celtic Park against Celtic. So I'm sure you can remember that one, Derek, and I'm sure you can remember Pedro Mendes's absolutely sensational goal. Yeah, I was just always about the Mendes goal, but once yep. again, Kuzan getting himself sent off in stupid <laughs> times as well, eh? <laughs> It certainly was, but uh, oh. as I say, for the fact that he'd played so well in the game as well, they, they couldn't handle him, and uh, you know it had to end in a sour point for him. But uh, but that was that. So another great classic match there. Hopefully we can get the same sort of result against them uh, in a couple of weeks' time. But as you said, they'll take a one 0 win, a fluky Morelos goal to get the winner and win this league. I would take a clearance hitting off Alfredo's arse. And trundling into the back of the net, Derek. That's what what I would take right now. But uh, as I say, I didn't want to get too too carried away at this stage. And we've we've got a game to win on Wednesday first of all. So absolutely, one game at a time. Exactly. So we'll have another classic match in the next episodes, and we'll now go into the news. So, a few bits and pieces as ever to go over here. Sadly, the request for the Red Arrows to do a fly past has been rejected. Damn. Uh, it would have been incredible if we managed to do that, but the silver lining it, though, is nearly £60,000 has been raised for charities. An absolute tremendous effort by all, and it's put the fans and the club in good light, and worthwhile charities are going to benefit from it as Excellent. well. Excellent, yep, well done. Yep. Next thing, both Rangers and Celtic have tabled a deal to get our Colt teams involved in the lower leagues again. Uh, we would both pay £1.5 million each over five years to League 1 and 2 teams and promotion would be capped so we wouldn't get promoted to, into the top tiers. Surely now it's a no-brainer given everything that's happened with COVID and the restrictions these clubs have had and the lack of money. We would certainly take a lot of support there and uh, certainly one of the options that was tabled before is that we would uh, we agreed to purchase a certain amount of tickets regardless if we sold them or not anyway. Yeah. So. It's, Derek, there is no negative behind that. If it's capped and they can't get promoted, we're going to be taking fans because I'll, I'll be honest with you, Derek, if it was a game, let's say it's Dennis Muir or Stirling Albion or, or something like that, maybe I'm doing these teams a disservice by no knowing what leagues that they're in right enough, but if it was a, if it was close by, you know, if it was in the sort of 20 miles from where I am, 
and they were playing on you know a, a Tuesday or a Wednesday night, and there was no other games on. I would definitely go to it with, yeah. with a, a shadow of a doubt. And there's a lot of fans out there, a lot of non-season ticket holders out there is getting the chance to go. And although it's not the Rangers' first team, it's still Rangers, so mm-hmm. you, you know you're, you're getting a chance to, to cheer these guys on. I think they would sell out the vast majority of these wee stadiums, Derek. To yeah. be perfectly honest with you, I think this is the the problem is it needs a change from top to bottom, from SFA to the SPFL to, to the way the leagues are run as well, just in, in general. And surely over the, the handling of COVID and the handling of the leagues over the last wee while, it's proof that these teams need to start. Yeah, maybe two teams will suffer, but I don't know how they're going to do it, if they're going to expand it, the lower leagues or not. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's certainly stuff that can get ironed out. But yeah. if you just say no, then you're never going to, nothing's going to change in this country. Certainly, I've said it before, 42 teams for Scotland is far too much. So cut, you know, at least 10 of them out of the, the leagues and then they can go on their own in a, in a junior league or something like that. But so, well, we'll see what happens there. Next thing is we have announced a partnership with Charles Turwitt. I think that's how you pronounce it, as the club's official formal shirt supplier. Oh, Whatever next, Dave, whatever next. (laughs) But in fairness, another known top brand, Bizgrove is an absolute genius and you just have to look at the bottom of our of the Rangers website to see the amount of quality brands we've aligned ourselves with since Bizgrove's came into his position. It's, It's fantastic. Excellent. Yep. Next thing here is a bit of a strange one. Our very own Yanis Hadji has starring in a Pepsi advert with Lionel Messi. No idea how it came about, but the advert is is appearing in his homeland. It's a split screen with them both kicking the ball back and forward to each oh, other, right. and Messi drinks Pepsi. So I don't know of all the players why why Hadji's been picked for that. I don't know if it's a regional thing where they've got Messi and Possibly. other players. I, I yep. don't know, but strange one, but great yep. great advert for Yanis and uh, us as well. Certainly, as you know, for for this to be uh, one of the greatest players in the world, you know, and Lionel Messi in the same in the same uh, <laughs> commercial, you know, so. exactly. Yep, a few things that are not really related to us. Um, Gaza is currently doing the Italian version of "I'm a Celebrity Getting Out Here." Dread <laughs> Oh my god! That, that's that'll be viewing, Derek. That's viewing. So it is. I mean, it would be like, it would be bigger than McCoy's to doing the British version, which was, was touted a couple of years ago. So, um, certainly, if there's any English translation of that, that'll be oh, fantastic. Brilliant. Next thing here, John Robertson has taken compassionate leave from his job at Inverness Caledonian Thistle due to a family bereavement, so hope all is well there. However, Neil McCann has been appointed his interim successor until he comes back, so really disappointing to lose him from RTV because he's, he's fantastic on it, and, Aye, but certainly wish him luck. Yeah, no, definitely, Derek, and a guy who really should be in in management. His knowledge of the game is incredible. His his punditry is even better. You know, you know, absolutely fantastic commentary for him and analysis. Uh, really professional at all times. I love listening to Neil McCann when he's on. Uh, you know, absolutely brilliant. A great ambassador for our club as well. And uh, you know, I think they, they they were beaten tonight by Dundee. Dundee's winning goal scored by none other than Jason Cummings, who's now back up playing in Scotland. I think he's scored like three in three games or something like that for them. So he got his first game as a a, a defeat. 
did meet Neil McCann, but as you say, we wish him all the best. One thing here is I've got to comment on is speculation about Gerard's future. Obviously, his wife and Southern Liverpool are not doing great this season, and we're doing fantastic. So, oh, um, my also, God. I'm sick and tired of it, Derek. I, oh, right? I know. There's also talk of Klopp taking the German national job. So, to be honest, I can't see either of them leaving this summer. You don't just no. bend a manager who's won you your first league in 30 years and the Champions League after one mediocre season. And obviously, Gerard's contracted till 2024, I think, as well. So, yep. he, he surely wants a crack at the Champions League with us as well. Yep. However, we, we- Without a shadow of doubt, Derek, surely yeah. it's like his his legacy that he's bu- 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 building up, and he wants to see them playing in the the top cop competition in world football. So, you know, I'm 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 certainly not not worried about that. I think it's all speculation. Yeah, it did get me thinking though that if we maintain this level in Europe, we will surely have no problem attracting a higher level manager due to our, our, the club's profile now. Exactly. Also, a lot of top managers, they've done well, but they've not really won anything or they've not won much as they're ultimately, you look at some of the kind of upper tier teams in, in England, their boards can't match, you know, the, the big four in terms of spending. So they're never going to be able to win anything. Um, so at Rangers, you're given a great platform to win domestically and also be on the European stage, something that not all managers are given the opportunity to do. So it would be a massive draw for us, especially this European profile we've, we've retained again. So uh, hopefully... How, it, how, how, how funny would it be? And as I say, this is hi- hypothetical, Derek, in, a, in, in another world, because as I say, I don't want Gerard to go, but how funny would it be if he was re- replaced by Rafa Benitez? <laughs> <laughs> That would be good. <laughs> exactly. But no, I'm not talking about it, Derek. But but no, you're right, Derek. As what you're saying, I am very confident about the future for Rangers and we're playing at such a high level at the moment that I'm hoping, you know, that, that Champions League f- football is going to be a regular thing, especially where exploits and getting extra places and stuff like that. Go, going for, for extra places for, for Scottish teams so I, I don't think there would be an issue in the future in the, in the far off future of us attracting a top manager Talking of managers and we, we kind of buried the lead here but Lennon has left Celtic it came right pretty much right after the loss to Ross County really strange considering after the game he was very bullish saying that mm-hmm. he, he won't walk the board were clearly not going to sack him so I wonder what's changed there um, so I'm, obviously all of us are really disappointed um, absolutely gutted Derek aye completely we held candlelight vigils and everything <laughs> for that so um, but the, the the thing is though, John Kennedy is his replacement. So that's kind of a, a slightly step up from from Murray taking over. Considering he's the number two at Celtic now, but would it not be hilarious if John Kennedy was instead put in the the, the top position? Well, Derek, we I know that there's a lot of speculation out there about the the goings on at Celtic Park and with other. Uh, you know, newsworthy items that have been going on about the club, which we've, you know, covered briefly. There's talk of a lot of court cases and possibly a lot of money. And as you say, I think we spoke about it in the last pod, but not the only high-profile departure from Celtic's backroom with their Mr Fixit, the man who has done everything in his power to get them the success that they've had over the last few years and doing all sorts of things and Peter Lawwell, him leaving as well, Derek is huge. And is this the rats all uh, abandoning the, the ship and sink? 
the mm. ship sink, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the sinking ship, I should say. Uh, but you know, is that what's what you know? Is there is, is there doom and gloom? But the, the, that's coming to the club. It's certainly been on the back burner for, for a while now, so we'll just have to wait and see. Yep. And the last piece of football news here is uh, Nikita Jelovic has been sadly forced to retire age 35 due to a knee injury. A fantastic player for us. A shame an injury has forced him out. Dado Porzo was the same having to retire early. Um, seems we always do well with our Croatian players bar bar yeah. one that came from Osijek, mind you. But uh, a shame that another one of our former players has to retire early because of injury. Well, I, I, I think the one that you're talking about that, that didn't work out well wasn't even Croatian. No, I think it was that Al- Albanian. Uh, yeah. I think the only Croatian that, that we've not had that's not played well for us was the fact that he was really old and was completely fucked and being uh, Nico Kranchar. But uh, I, it's, uh, I, I, I mentioned um, earlier, Derek, I think until Alfredo came along, he was the last of the sort of top strikers that we that we had playing for, for the club. A fantastic striker had you know a, a relative success down in England, and uh, you know went back I think to to play in Croatia and stuff like that. So sorry that that, that he's gone. He's not playing anymore. Uh, and as I say, just have to, to wish him all, all the best as well in his retirement. Yep, absolutely. So. Dogging is not essential travel. UK police force <laughs> forced to speak out on planned event. <laughs> planned event. Right? Planned event. A police force in the UK has been forced to speak out to insist that travelling to a so-called dogging event will be not classed as essential <laughs> travel. Dogging event. <laughs> The website Let's Go Dogging has shared that their plans for a, a meetup in Essex during the last weekend there with to its 26,000 followers on social oh media. Oh my God, right, okay. The site claims to organise dogging events, which is, for anyone not known, is the act of watching sexual activity in a public place, and they organise it in the UK, USA, Australia, Canada, Ireland, New oh Zealand and South Africa. God, it has not disclosed exactly where in Canvey Island in Essex the meetup would take place, but Essex police have now compelled, been compelled to speak out, insisting <laughs> such a meetup would be against COVID rules and officers would be patrolling the area this weekend. <laughs> of course they would. Eh? <laughs> I bet there would be so many volunteers. I'm coming and work for nothing with that. Shaft. I'm coming. Well, Derek, on a sort of different way that we're going on the podcast last uh, this week, I've actually got a story for you for this section yes but unlike yours Derek this doesn't involve uh, people's private parts or objects being stuffed into other people's anatomy but the reason I'm going to say this is because it is one of the most bizarre stories that I've heard that I had to share I had to share it so are are you ready for this one go there Indian man killed by his own bird during a cock fight (laughs) <laughs> okay Right A cockerel That had been fitted With a knife what? For an elite for, Listen <laughs> A cockerel That had been fitted With a knife For an illegal Cock fight Has killed its owner In southern <laughs> India The bird's owner Was impaled In the groin By the knife As the animal Tried to escape the man died on his way to hospital from a loss of blood. The police are now searching for 15 more people involved in the event which took place in the village of Lothunar uh, in the state of Telanga, 
earlier this week. The animal was held at a police station before being transferred to a farm. Police said the animal was being readied to take part in a fight when it tried to escape. Its owner attempted to catch it, but was struck by the seven centimetre long knife which was on the bird's leg during the struggle. The, those involved in the event faced charges of manslaughter, illegal betting and hosting a cockfight and the AFP news the, the AFP news agency reports a local police officer said that the animal would be taken to court as evidence <laughs> at a later date right? cockfighting was made illegal in India in 1960 but fights are relatively common in rural areas such as Telanga and many falling around the Hindu festival of Sankari it's not the first time an owner has been killed by the cockerel last year a man in Anara died after he was hit in the neck by a blade attached to the bird <laughs> so there you go so illegal cockfights who actually strap blades to the birds so that they would win. That is what you call fucking mentalism. It's a cock with a knife <laughs> and it wasn't even a meaty dagger. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately for your stories, Derek, it didn't end up inside someday and have to get, you know, extracted by an A&E nurse. So, you know, it doesn't quite come into the category, your usual stories. Well, a cock did end up in the groin of a, a man, so... <laughs> so, on that note, as ever, if you want to go and check out our, the rest of the stuff that we do and get more bizarre stories at the end of our podcast, you can go to our website, which is iReadyPodcast.wordpress.com, and there you can find what we do. So, all that's left to say is we hope that our team does well tonight. I'll hopefully have this podcast out before it. Um, we will probably be back maybe the week after next. I'll be back with a post-match to, after the Livingston game and after the game at the weekend as well. So, Dave, anything left to, left to say? Uh, just f- fingers crossed, Derek. I've sounded like a broken record here, but take it one game at a time if we could get five victories at our next five games it would be just absolutely sensational yep absolutely so we'll see how it goes thanks for listening and goodbye take care folks bye bye and the stadium erupts in red white and blue you've never seen anything like it let's go